Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. Welcome to The Experience here on ESPN LA 710. I'm Laferne Cusack, and today is Kansas State. University Day here in the studio with a director and creator of Miracle in Manhattan, Dan Youngman. He did a story about Bill Snyder and how he turned around the football team at Kansas State University. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Go uh, Cats. I, right. <laughs> or as we said, like with the cheerleaders, go Cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, I talk about, you know, going to K-State a lot here, and uh, so I'm happy to have you in, fellow K-Stater. Yeah, thank you. I think my friends out here probably get tired of me talking about it, so, <laughs> yeah. Now, you were saying that you d- you don't find a large Kansas State community out here, or you did back when they were... When we were good, yeah. I would go to watch parties, and it was packed when, you know, Colin Klein was just uh, running through people, um, but after that, it, it slowed down uh, significantly, um, so, you know... I think we'll be all right this year, so maybe they'll come back out. So, Dan, tell us, um, how, where did you grow up, and why are you so into KSU football? So, yeah, I grew up in Topeka, Kansas. Um, to be honest, I wasn't a K-State fan um, growing up. Uh, you know, I knew they had a good football program and that type of thing, and when you grow up in Kansas, you're kind of, you know, essentially choosing between K-State and KU. And uh, I really felt more at home at K-State. The people just were and are nicer there. Um, and uh, and it was a little farther away, honestly. Lawrence is only like 15 minutes away from Topeka. So, you know, I went to the one that was 50 minutes to an hour away just to get a little more separation. So Right. Yeah. I went there. My sister went there. So I was following my sister, uh-huh. of course. But, I mean, it, it was rather like okay, KU or KSU, mm-hmm. you know, that's what, but then Wichita people, sure. you know, that you could throw that in the mix, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's technically, there is a D1 university in Wichita, um, you know, but it wasn't, it just wasn't on my radar. Yeah. And where, uh, how did you, did you major in sports or? No, I was a finance major. Um, actually, I did kind of start out in journalism, and I, I, I couldn't tell you to this day why I switched to finance. <laughs> um, but uh, after about three years, they're like, all right, you really got to start going towards something here. Um, and, you know, finance was, to quote one of my finance teachers, finance finance is just kind of a sexy word. Um, and so I was, you know, I was thinking about the, the cool guys in New York with the business suits. And um, I was like, all right, I'll do I'll do yeah. finance. I'm, I'm kind of good at mental math. So um, that's what I did. And then, you know, a couple semesters in, I was like, no, I don't like this, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. I can't like I can't change at this point. And yeah, I graduated in 2007. And uh, put my stuff into a, a U-Haul and headed west. I didn't know what I wanted to to do necessarily, but I knew uh, where I wanted to be. So, and were your parents like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, I think they always knew. Uh, you know, for, from a young age, I think I was probably they're like, "Yeah, he's gonna be the type of kid that leaves." <laughs> um, 
uh, and uh, my mother was bawling. I'm just bawling. You know, I stopped by her house on the way out, and uh, I had a U-Haul. Luckily, there was room on this uh, trailer, and she just gave me the couch out of her living room. <laughs> Just right out of her front living room. Oh she was, like, God. just bawling. Take the couch. You don't have a couch. <laughs> and, I mean, she was so uh, uh, passionate that I, I just couldn't tell her no in that moment. So I just took the couch with me. And, okay, Mom. Yeah. Thanks for the couch. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. it's like people – I think people have a false perception of what Los Angeles is. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I was – you know, I went to high school in, in Leavenworth, Kansas, and yep. to think – Oh, you're going to California. <gasps> what? Why? <laughs> you know, that's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, being naive is, it can be a, a real, <laughs> a really good asset. I, just being kind of young, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. And that was probably a good thing. So right. If right. I had thought about it, I mean, it was most of the things I do in life, <laughs> um, uh, you know, if I really actually thought about them, are probably not great decisions. Right, so, right. But. It, but that's true. It's like, is it, you know, being naive or being a risk taker, mm-hmm. not knowing what is going or, or lying in front of you? Yeah. It's like, well, if we all knew what was lying in front of us, I think there would be less yeah. people taking risks, right? I, I definitely believe so, yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of jump yeah. <laughs> without, without a parachute. And, uh, that's how you end up making documentaries and things like that. Right. So, um, so were you always into sports? Did you go to every yeah. game? Yeah. I mean, I've been a sports freak since I was a little kid. Just, I mean, I think I would have been anyways, but you know, sports is big in Kansas. Um, you know. And, uh, you know, I went to K-State, and I, I was just talking about someone with the, about this with someone yesterday who went to UT. And I remember I went to K-State, and everyone was so fired up to go to the first football game. Um, and I had never tailgated a college football game before. I had been to a couple Chiefs games or whatever, and I, was, I remember thinking, like, people are way too excited <laughs> to, like, go to a football game. Um, and then I got there and was like, oh, my God. I right? All right, I get it now. Um, so... You know that uh, from there on. I mean, I've I've uh, since probably 2002, I guess, when I enrolled to now, I've watched every single play of every oh K-State goodness. football game. I, really? Yeah, just kind of. Uh, you know, I do. I joke around with some people that, like, you know, it's like I'm kind of a feel like I'm a member of a cult in a way. <laughs> but no, I think all I of these programs are cults. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm completely bought in. Yeah, and I I was talking about how, you know, being, you know, raised in Leavenworth, Kansas, the football game was the place to be, mm-hmm. right? That's I mean, that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. And going to Kansas State, I remember the same thing like you, just the first football game of the year and it's like, "Oh my gosh, is my ticket going to work?" You know, like thinking <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like going through all these motions of, I hope my ticket works. Am I on the sideline? What is, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was always fun, except yeah. when we played Nebraska or Oklahoma. <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, please don't be a blowout. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see how Scott Frost works out. I don't. 
We'll yeah. see. So, so you came to L.A., Dan, and you were like, uh, you're thinking about Kansas State. How, how did this documentary, Miracle in Manhattan, come about? Well, it came about, obviously, because I went to K-State. Um, and then, so I kind of fell into TV production once I landed out here. Um, I fell into the job, it's called video logging on this show called Delia's Catch, where you're just watching hours and hours and hours and hours of footage and logging it so the editors can find it. And then from there, I went to a PA, AP, which is an associate producer, field producer, worked in development, um, and, you know, had all these skills and, uh, again, the naivete to think that I could do something on my own. Um, and so I just did it. And at the time when I was really starting to do my research and stuff, I was working on the show called Somebody's Gotta Do It, um, which is hosted by Mike Rowe, the guy who did Dirty Jobs and, um, actually vo- does voiceover for, uh, a ton of shows like Deadliest Catch. Um, and so I'd done my research and built, um, a sizzle reel. And so in the final week of production, I had it on my phone and I had like my headphones loaded into my phone and everything. And I walk up to Mike, uh, hey Mike, I want to, you know, will you check this out? I want to show you something. And so he pops, you know, headphones in, he watches it, pops the headphones out and just says, what do you need me to do? And I was like, can you, you know, narrate it? I said, yeah, no problem. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so that was That's cool. Yeah. That was really cool. You know, to have, um, you know, this is my first thing. So to have somebody with a name, you know, kind of attached to it, um, I think is actually, you know, I, you know, being an alumni and I do have some friends that work in the program. And so I thought that that would be, you know, a shoe into the, uh, to, you know, to have access and their help with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I think it was Mike Rowe. I don't think it had anything to do with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, he would, oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, when I called I the universe, they've been unbelievably helpful in things, but sometimes in the back of my head, I'm like, I bet this is because it's Mike, not me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, yeah, he's great. And he was, he narrated it just perfectly. Right. And uh, the contrast between him and the sports announcer guy was perfect. Yeah. Right? Holtis. Yeah. Holtis. Yeah. He was, that was unbelievable too. Like he, he's a, you know, one of a kind announcer and to have him with that footage as well was so perfect too. So can I play the first bit part of your movie Miracle in Manhattan? Just the first part talking about? Sure. Sure. Okay. It's June of 1988 and Kansas State University president John Weefald has just hired their former track coach, Steve Miller, to be the school's new athletic director. He's done so because of the failure of the football program, which has lost 500 games, more losses than any other program in history by a margin of 60. They also haven't won in 16 straight attempts, and attendance has dropped below NCAA requirements, which puts their status as a Division I program and the future of the entire university itself. Yeah, and that's one thing that I did not know about, Mm -hmm. about the amount of people, like the people in the uh, stadiums, you have to have a certain amount of... of They weren't even coming close. They weren't coming close. Yeah. They were really sad. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, one of the guys I interviewed, Matt Argo, he, he, he says in there, it's just, it was a weird feeling to walk out to nothing. I mean, and there's clips where, I mean, they're playing a football game and it's essentially empty, you know. Wow. Um, 
Yeah. So it was that was it really was kind of their their final chance uh, to try and you know they had been kind of they had a decent basketball program at the time it was kind of keeping them in the big eight but it was to that point where they're like you know you're good at basketball but mm. there's no humans in the stands of your football games right so you know it might be to the, uh, the Missouri Valley was probably a landing spot that they would have been had it not turned around so so why did you choose to focus on Bill Snyder like what was the what was your your most you know compelling thing that you said okay I'm gonna do a story on Bill Snyder um why well, I, I you know, I tend to find myself really um, navigating towards I – mean, and when I say navigating towards stories, I mean just the ones that I like or listen to are um, – you know, have kind of two components. One being that like, building something from nothing on their own uh, and two, uh, you know, doing it when people might have perceived them as being crazy for doing it. Um, you know, I, I guess a movie that – comes to mind would be uh, There Will Be Blood, where it's, you know, Daniel Plainview and he goes out there and he builds this empire from nothing when a lot of people told him he was crazy for doing it. Those are the type of stories I'm just personally drawn to. Maybe we all are. But those are the ones that I really uh, remember and uh, I can really focus (laughs) when listening to. Um, So I think all of that, you know, in in addition to just from – Everything I uh, have read, it just what a you know amazing guy he is. Yeah, he was so. amazing. I remember walking on campus and seeing him one time, and I just just stood there, just looking at him, knowing I could not talk to him because <laughs> he just seemed like this the guy on right. campus, yeah. the man on campus. And one of the things that I remember is how well he took care of the players. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about why you think or why you brought that out in your movie Dan Miracle in Manhattan. Yeah, that was a big part of it. Um, you know, at that by that time, you know, those kids on the team were just pretty beat down to be honest. I mean, you know, they hadn't won a game in 3 years and it, it, it's not like it was some sort of, you know, temporary downtime or something. The, the program had been bad for 100 years. And, you know, and they're, these kids just love to play football, but, you know, they're going out and getting slaughtered every week. And, um, you know, there's stories that Bill tells of, you know, that they didn't go to class on Monday and, uh, cause they were embarrassed because of what happened on Saturday. And then I think, I guess at the time they wore letter jackets cause he said, you know, that no one would wear their letter jackets. Yeah. Um, and so he, part of the turnaround process was, not just the facilities, but the mentality um, of the players and, and the fans too. Because I mean, every coach had come in there and really had said the same types of things. Um, not as well, but the same types of things that Bill had said. You know, we're going to turn this around and we're going to start winning games. You know, right? All the cliches, and, right? And it's like, well, the last ten guys said the same thing. Why in the world? you know would you be any different and that's some of the what you you caught on film with uh mm-hmm. the athletes they were saying the same thing i've been through three coaches already <laughs> yeah there's this guy chad faulkner he's actually out here in la now oh is he uh yeah became very successful but he was a fifth year senior in 1989 snyder's uh 
um, first year. And so that was his fifth coach in fourth coach, excuse me, in five years. Um, cause he was, he was a freshman in 85, which was a season where they, um, they fired the head coach, um, just like two games into the season cause they had actually lost to Wichita state. Um, and they fired him two games into the season and an assistant athletic director mm. named Lee Moon was, um, named head coach. Like they just fired the head coach, assistant AD. All right. You're a college football head coach now. Oh. And, uh, it was just, when reading things like that and the research was just like, how have I never heard that before? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and, but it's like that. Is that the administration like making? Okay, this guy will be a great head coach. <laughs> well, why is he? Why would he make a great head coach? Well, yeah. we're losing. So, like, yeah. the decision behind it. Did you find out how that came about? Well, so yeah, he had a tiny bit of a background. I actually met with Lee Moon. He's down in Florida now. Uh, he didn't make the the cut for the. Um, the doc itself but uh you know he was like he had worked at mississippi state and you know helped out a little bit with the football program um so he kind of you know and played football but outside of that he wasn't um you know that experience as a coach and i think there was just kind of a falling out between that ad and the coach at the time as well oh where it was kind of like i will fire you I don't care, and I'll make an assistant AD oh, the coach, and he did dang. it. Um, this was, you know, people make a big deal out of, you know, that App State beating Michigan, you know, the D2 team beating a D1 team, and it's a huge deal. Um, K-State lost to D2 teams multiple times in a single season. They lost to a D2 team five years in a row. Um, so this, you know, we make a big deal out of things like that now, but I mean, we we invented that. <laughs> Back then, like, you can't even imagine. So, um, you know, that, that Wichita State game that he was fired after, um, Wichita State shut down their program at the end of that year. So, I mean, we were losing to other schools that were shutting down their programs. We couldn't even wow. beat them. Um, so that's, that's something. And then, so, I mean, just, just, okay, so you're saying, okay, Bill Snyder, then a new change came about, and how did Bill Snyder get to Kansas State? Well, um, so Iowa had played at Kansas State in the '88 season, and um, you know, as the story goes, you know, the Iowa media guide was in the athletic department, and one of the associate ads was flipping through it and saw, you know, like, you know, Jesus, like, uh, you know, Iowa has had. As it says in the doc, you know, a thousand yard rusher and a thousand yard passer every year. Um, you know, who's their offensive coordinator? And so they just picked up the phone and called Iowa and looking for their offensive coordinator, who was Bill Snyder. Um, and he said, you know, I'll talk to you, but not until the season's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they waited. They interviewed, you know, a bunch of people and none of them were qualified. You know, it, it was, pretty slim pickings in terms of who they could interview for the job because and then this is still a true fact to this day is no one who has been a head coach at kansas state has ever gone on to be a head coach at any level ever again at any other program like i mean mm. just completely killed careers to go there so they couldn't find any you know talented people really willing to go there mm-hmm. um so the spot was still open at the end of the season and they called them up again and met with them now that has a lot to do with recruiting and 
just to go back. So my dad, my dad went to Iowa. He mm-hmm. was a Hawkeye. <laughs> just throwing that in. Yeah. Um, he was all American. Um, wow. I know. Cool. I know. He was awesome. <laughs> um, but you have to have an eye. Do you, did you uh, analyze how Bill Snyder saw talent or recognized talent? I did get a little bit of insight into it. It, it is pretty clear that. Uh, they are evaluating on a higher level um, and you know they're trying to find people that fit their system as well um, you know so in terms of the evaluation they're pretty good at you know if you looking at you know they're recruiting these kids so young now but you can look at like a 17 year old kid who's a wrestler in the middle of nowhere in Kansas and be like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll gray shirt him I'll red shirt him I'll feed him and by the time he's, you know, 21, 22, oh, I think this kid's going to be like 6'6", 280. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just, and it, you know, they're good at spotting those guys who, who uh, you know, who's, who are going to grow mm-hmm. and who they know will um, be accountable and put in the work. So, yeah. well, um, Dan, when you were figuring out the storyline for your documentary, um, this Kansas State University doc on on Bill Snyder. Oh, how how did you figure out the storyline for for it for you know them scouting Bill Snyder to getting him to his work ethic and winning? Yeah, I mean, it, I just read and read and read some more, um, and I would a lot of times when I was reading things, I would just be literally type retyping it. As I read it, and I would just be—I compiled it into this gigantic document, and then you start whittling it down, whittling it down, and you know uh, what's the truth, what's hyperbole. Um, I called all of the all, before I interviewed before I did any video interviews. I did phone interviews uh, with all the guys to because ultimately they were the ones who were really there. The journalists, <laughs> the journalists weren't the journalists. A lot of the journalist stuff is just opinion. So, you, you know, you talk to the guys who are actually there and be like, is this what happened? And, um, you know, you just start really diving into uh, specific things, you know. Um, some guys really had a, a good viewpoint on a, some specific aspects that, you know, other guys didn't. So, um, Like what? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. You know, the... Some people just tell a particular story better than others. Like, you know I mean, there could be, you know, a story um, that three different guys tell and one guy just tells it better. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's the there's the play where they where they do win a win their game, win a you know, game after three years, finally. And, um, you know, you know, there's. Getting a perspective of the guys in the, in that specific huddle, I guess, was you know know, knowing who was in that huddle and things like that. Getting their perspective, I suppose. I forgot the name of the player. I think was it Frank Hernandez caught it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Smith, Smitty caught all four of the passes before him to get down there, but Frank Hernandez caught the touchdown. So, but I remember um, was it Gallon who um, talked about. Uh, losing to Nebraska by a few points. Uh, that was Evan Simpson. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that's uh, a touching moment in the in the yeah. movie for sure. Can so. you tell us about that? Well, yeah. So um, Evan is uh, 
um, a large man, extremely large man. Um, and he's from Nebraska, but was, you know, overlooked by them and, you know, recruited to, to K-State to come play there. And, uh, you know, Nebraska was really, they were beating them by a hundred. I mean, it was, you know, Nebraska and Oklahoma back in the day, they're, you know, first and second string, they weren't even coming up, coming out of the lockers at halftime suited up. I mean, they were really playing third and fourth string against us and still beating us, hanging, you know, 50, 60 on us. And, uh, there's a game in 91, you know, uh, Snyder's third year where they're at Nebraska and they're, they're actually leading for parts of the game, I believe. Uh, anyhow, and they end up, uh, they do lose in the end, but the, it was, the amount of improvement was so visible even to Nebraska fans because Nebraska, you know, we they played us once a year, so they've watched us improve too, that uh, the Nebraska fans actually cheered K-State off the field um, just because they're like, as an acknowledgement of yeah. you guys are getting better. We still beat you, <laughs> but we do recognize you guys have shown actual improvement. This is, you know, not a fluke. Right. So, um, Isn't yeah, that a, cool? I've I think it's pretty cool. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. It's, a lot of these stories are just so cool because of how unique they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The roster wasn't the only thing that needed renovating. Facilities were decades behind those of their Big 8 counterparts. But Bill trusted Steve's promises and had accepted the job despite a less than stellar tour. I'm showing Bill around thinking I'm bragging on our facilities. Bill looked at me and said, nah, it's not so good, Steve. Temporary press box and temporary locker room that was here in 1971 is still here. I'm from a small town in Kansas. The weight room here was not much bigger than my high school weight room. I said, well, what do we have to do? Bill's comment was everything. I said, all right. And all I'm doing is calculating how much money all this is going to cost. To drum up support, Bill and the athletics department went on a tour of the state to the university's different catbacker groups. (laughs) The reaction from our alums at that point was extremely suspicious, extremely doubtful. You get Steve that's so energetic and he's out there and they're all raising their eyebrows like, yeah, right. They'd heard that before. You know, they had a rotation of coaches in and out. And we were in Kansas City and a booster told Bill, you can't do this. Who do you think you are? You can't do this. Bill's on the job three weeks, four weeks. And this guy is telling him, you can't do this. People have tried to do this before. You know, you talk about Snyder and how he changed the program. What are what stood out for you as the most significant thing that he did to turn the KSU program around? Hmm. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it was. You know, uh, everything had to be changed, literally everything. So the most significant thing, um, uh, I'm going to throw a dart here. But I would say it's, you know, just holding everyone accountable. Um, You know, what when I say something, I mean it. And that includes that I care about you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just, you know... Knowing that he was serious and knowing that he genuinely cared about their future, I think was, you know, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he 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 really did. And then he was went on tour 
He went on tour for, uh, to go talk to boosters? And- yeah, they do this thing called the Catbacker Tour, and that was kind of what we were talking about earlier, where there was a lot of skepticism, you know, where he's trying to drum up support, and, uh, you know, even though it's... And he was faced with a lot of negativity, because we're like, people are mm-hmm. like, yeah, come on. What are you going to do? <laughs> Why are you special? Yeah, no one's I done mean, it, ever. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a few cocktails served at these things, and uh, um, uh, who someone did approach him. I, I guess this was actually in Kansas City. Um, and some guy said, you know, who do you think you are? You know, listen, like, we've sat here. Like, we, I've heard what every other coach has come here and said. What makes you think you're any different? Um, and, uh, he didn't back down. Bill Snyder didn't back down. He said, I'm going to get it done. This is what we're going to do. Um, and he did. So, yeah, he did. And he, he cared about the players. I was saying, I did not know like the background of, um, uh, KSU football when I was going there. And I was like, why are these football players getting all this? Why is it, you know, like they were treated really special. And I'm like, I wish I had that support. You know, why? You know, yeah. but I understand he had their back. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's two things there. I mean, you do have to compete with everyone else, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, some, some of the stuff the programs have these days is, um, pretty outrageous right but without that football program i don't think kansas state would have been what it is no way today yeah i mean no if if we had lost the football program i I don't think i would have ever ended up there um yeah and in terms of the story when i was when i was an undergrad there it was i was always aware you hear that you know we used to be bad and now we're good and it's like okay (laughs) uh, i get it that's fine (laughs) um but then, you know, uh, nine years or whatever it is removed from my graduation, I actually read about the part where we used to be bad. And I was like, oh, no, we really were. That's not. We were not. so bad. We were featured in Sports yeah. Illustrated as futile. Now, and I remember that <laughs> article because I remember the because they did uh, caricatures of uh-huh. of the players like being defeated and stuff. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was um, – I don't know if we've had an article that big on us since. I mean, I don't think they do articles that big in general anymore, but it was a full, like, eight-page spread on Kansas State football for their 1989 college football preview issue, which I'm sure is a very popular one. Um, however, the name of the <laughs> article was called Futility U, in which the writer of that article – said shut this down you're embarrassing (laughs) these kids like cancel the program um but they didn't which is good uh you know and he was profiling he was the same way as these cat backers he was profiling bill snyder who's just going to be the next martyr to to try and fail because it's impossible it was regarded as by you know there's a clip from espn in there too um where you know it uh I'm forgetting the other gentleman's name. He's, um, but he's with Lee Corso saying, you know, at best they can win four games a year, and that was, you know, that was seen. That was going to be our benchmark. Uh, was if we win four games a year, that's good for Kansas State. And so, and that was just how the nation viewed it, and yeah. as they probably should have. Wow, 
that that's something. And then when uh, he came in, when Bill Snyder came in, he worked the guy so hard. I remember one of the uh, programs, because you talk about that in your film, Dan, about how the training, he weeded out the people. There was like maybe 120 people on the football team. And then in the first day, it was cut down to 60 people or something like yeah, that. Yeah, about 60 guys um, quit <laughs> when he got there. Um, you know, it was, a, again, a program had one in three years. And now this random guy shows up and he's just running him into the ground. And it's like, well, what am I here for? Like, uh, I'm going to work this hard and not win a game mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of guys just walked off and left i mean uh, as they say in the doc i mean they just p people literally just walked out in the middle of the training but that is like the uh, like what some of the players in in your film what we're talking about is like bill snyder was weeding out the people who were strong enough to right. be a winner, to yeah. fight for it, fight yeah. to have heart. Yeah, as uh, Al Jones said in it, like if 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 you go through all that and you haven't won in three years, you really want to be there, and you want really want to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it certainly uh, weeded out the chaff. Yeah, yeah, and then he offered scholarships to the players and. Well, they had yeah, they had a surplus of scholarships at that point, <laughs> um, and uh, one of the guys they did offer a scholarship to was uh, uh, Michael Smith, uh, who was you know 140 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. But they saw just a little bit of practice footage and was like, "Well, this little kid is maybe the best we got." And they uh, they gave him a call because he Smith had f literally just flown home after the last game at. The last game was at Colorado in 88, and instead of going back with the team to Manhattan, he literally just flew home. <laughs> from yeah. the Denver International Airport. Yeah, from Airport. Denver, just flew That's home. Like, yeah. I, was, I was listening to that. I was like, wait a second. He didn't even go back to no. the school. He was like, ah, I'm out of here. Yeah, and uh, but they saw him on tape and gave him a call and uh, offered him a scholarship, and he said, I'll be right back. So, wow. Yeah. I played under Bill Snyder. You know, I got to change around the worst football program in college football history to make it a successful program. I played for a Hall of Fame coach. I work with a Hall of Fame coach. I learned from a Hall of Fame coach. So how do you top that? It was great being a part of something that was greater than the sum of its parts. All of us individually, we're only so much, but when you put us all together, we can move mountains. So you selected, you know, of course, there's a, a lot of great highlights in it. Again, Miracle in Manhattan. Check it out. Miracle in Manhattan. Yep. Dot com. com. Okay. <laughs> um, it was great. It was great. Uh, so you put a lot of footage in it. How did you choose which people that which athletes you would feature in the film? Sure. Um, you know, I going, you know, every little step kind of helps. You know, I was familiar with video logging from Deadliest Catch, so I would yeah, see that how that works. Right? Right? I know. So I sat there and I watched every game and you didn't take my eyeballs off of it because you missed that little glance or whatever the player made that 
look cool. And I'm like, oh, I can use that and fit it in somewhere. And you want to, you know, you need to be able to hear the announcer too, because you're going to have to use that audio from the announcers. So I've sat there and watched all those games and, um, yeah, you know, talking, there's a clip like with Frank Hernandez and he's talking about, um, we, you know, they had, they had beat Oklahoma State, which was their first conference win this, you know, in forever. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the game, they were in with the victory formation where, you know, you take the snap and you, um, uh, take a knee. And, uh, there was a, you know, Frank is talking about how that was a weird experience. <laughs> I had ne- we had never been in the victory formation in so many years. And so, um, in a, you know, there was, happened to be a great clip of, Frank during that victory formation that just really uh, illustrated it. Yeah. Um, so just that was beautiful. Yeah, I was like, oh wow! I was like, how do we do the victory yeah. formation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were so excited when the and that was at Kansas State, right? Mm-hmm. I I you know what I I think I was was that in two thousand? I mean. So Oklahoma State would have been 91, I believe. 90, Ooh, excuse me, 90. 90. We won that conference game in 90. Yeah. So I was in the, I was in the stands. Mm-hmm. When I was in the stands, <laughs> everybody started going down on the field. And I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. And then I was like, why are you tearing down the post? No. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I was like, why are you tearing down the post? I, they're going to get arrested. They, yeah, they used to tear down the field goal posts. All the time. When I was doing my research, I, I kind of thought, like, maybe that would be a part of it, is that they keep tearing down the field goal posts. Uh, ended up not really fitting. Um, but, you know, so in 89, Snyder's first year, they only won one game. Mm-hmm. And so the next season, um, you know, even though the players were like, we're good, mm-hmm. it's still, to everyone else outside, it was still just a one-win team. It was mm-hmm. kind of the the same honestly uh so when they won their first game in 90 they tore the field goal post down again when they beat i think it was like western michigan um so they they, yeah Yeah. they tore them down all the time time. in 94 they which is a little past this dock they tore them down at ku they went on the field and tore down ku's which we'll hopefully get that in the part two but yeah yeah (laughs) Um, so then when 91 came, it turned around a lot for Kansas State. 91 was a winning season. Uh, they went 7-4, uh, and four, and uh, their four losses were uh, all the top 25 teams. But uh, there was a lot of controversy because a lot of the coaches were saying, well, Snyder changed the, you know, who they were playing. That's why they're winning. Right, so we took some heat because you know, being a uh, in the past, being a poor program, we would go kind of be the battering ram for you know these early games for bigger programs to just we so we take the paycheck to just just go get our heads beat in because um, <laughs> we weren't making any money at home, so we had to go on the road to make money, um, and so that was something that Snyder changed. Um, you know, he has. Uh, just well, he was trying to change their mentality first. So you got to win some games to really show them that you can. And he calls it a stair step approach, you yeah. know, where you don't play Alabama your first game. Work up to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, he, but he took a lot of heat for that because so, we so we went seven and four, but actually didn't go to a bowl game because um, uh, I think 
in, ter- in terms of qualifying wins, we only had five because two of our games are against easier opponents. People still go to bowl games with that because they have spots to fill at these bowls, but we were still K-State, so people were not buying in, mm-hmm. um, and they left us out of it, even with a 7-4 and four record. So, mm, Yeah, that was rough. Y- yeah, in top, it's the mentality like of the students. You, If you're losing for so long and you know you you can talk the talk and go through the motions but when it comes down to it you're like oh well we really haven't won anything is it is it all talk can we you know beat nebraska or oklahoma you know so i I mean i think that was a smart move on snyder myself yeah um yeah i mean you got a proof of concept here like you you it's going to take a long time before you can catch up to an Oklahoma or Nebraska. So you have these automatic losses on your schedule. It's, you should build in some, uh, quote, uh, you know, wins on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I always wonder as a fan, if I was an undergrad back then, uh, how cynical I would have been. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think I probably would have been like, oh, one in ten, what do you do myself? Honestly, why wouldn't I have been? I don't know. And, um, it's tough to say, but... Yeah. Well, we were still going around that time and still supporting the team. Yeah. It, I mean, the whole uh, the whole city of Manhattan was there and people from outside. Yeah. I mean, it was the place to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Uh, and then you gravitated in towards uh, gravitated in your film, Dan, towards um, the outcome of the players, like their mentality, how they're all of their mentality changed toward the game and towards, you know, the pride and the, and the, the engagement of the whole school. Um, can you talk about that and what led you to the next point of Miracle in Manhattan? Well, yeah, I'm, I think so. So, you know, the attitudes were changing. Um, you know, once we started winning a few games and we had these cool new uniforms and, you know, uh, uh, you know, sports f- complex. Yeah, we had a new stadium. We had a pretty sophisticated, uh, you know, offensive schemes and things like that. Um, people really did start buying in, and you know, as Al Jones said, you know, people were, "Hey, man, can I can I get a ticket <laughs> to the I game this ticket? week?" You know, um, I was one of those people. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and <clears throat> there's a lot of people in kansas particularly western kansas who take a lot of pride and you know mm-hmm. um that's i mean that's why i tell everyone here i about k-state is you do take a lot of pride and um you know doing something well and doing something well the right way um is really how you're gonna uh build that organic uh fan base that's gonna last mm-hmm. so yeah uh, so, Dan, you say that you may go into maybe another part two and part three. Yeah, so it, it is a docu-series, um, and, you know, this one goes to 93, and, you know, it's 2018, and Bill's still coaching. So um, <laughs> at a bare minimum, I'll do a second part, um, and, you know, I could just make one really big, epic, longer part two, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know chunk it up a little bit and break it up into five or six Mm -hmm. um you know depending on just depends on where it's going to land and um 
how it's going to get paid for. The first one, um, uh, I completely self-financed on credit cards, um, which is just not uh, tenable for yeah. the next one. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Dan. <laughs> uh, um, particularly because I was, in order to get all these interviews, I organized um, a reunion for all these guys. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah. Um, at Kansas State, but um, oh, I, I don't. I saw that on Facebook. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, but before I got off Facebook, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm not going to be able to do that for the next parts. You know, I'm going to be there's you know, as we got better, the names got a little bigger on the team. So for these next parts, you're going to be interviewing um, people with a little bit, you know, like Jordy Nelson or Darren Sproles, and it's I'm going to have to go out to those guys individually, um, which is going to cost. A lot more money. Oh, um, right. You know, just every, every, as you keep, and you know, and you want to improve the quality and everything as well. So as you improve the quality, that's more expensive equipment rentals and the footage is larger files. So you have to buy more, um, hard drives to store it on and, you know, faster computers. So yeah. everything starts kind of going up in I scale. Know. Um, it's a, it's amazing how a film gets made. You know, yeah. I, I see like how complex it is and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's just, it's a series. I don't know. I, there'd be no way to compute it, but it's really just a million little micro decisions. Uh, probably uh, uh, maybe minimum a million. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> when, you, um, when it comes down to it, when it, you're, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, but I enjoyed it. So, and then, uh, do you do GoFundMe and all of that? Like, um, I haven't. Um, you know, um, one day I might have to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was the goal. Uh, the goal when I first started was to give the K State fan kind of the experience that someone came out here and did it about us. Mm-hmm. We're still overlooked, you know. Uh, and so I wanted people to have that experience of like, hey, someone came out here and did a really awesome documentary about us, um, uh, which happened I, to to a certain extent, but it was actually just um, some guy. One, it was one of us. It was mm-hmm. I just did it. <laughs> no one else was going to do that. it, so I just did it, um, which maybe is better. But I kind of wanted it to <laughs> not have that feeling of being crowdfunded. Oh, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, I might have to. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to do, you know, like I said, at least the second part and just trying to figure, figure it out. It's tough yeah. to find landing spots well, for these things. Go to the boosters. I know. Like- oh, that's the thing is, yeah, I could, <laughs> there are, there are actually, there are people that have reached out that said, oh, that's how great. can I, how I, can I help? And I'll get back to you. <laughs> that's my answer. I mean, I, Again, and I I keep saying that just from my experience, the boosters for uh, Kansas State University football, they really helped the team. Oh, absolutely. They were. I remember the, you know, the gatherings, the network gatherings that the the players had to go to. I couldn't understand why until afterwards. And I was asking questions. Why do you have to go to this? (laughs) Like in, you know, they really supported them, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was it was great. I I didn't fully understand it until after I left, but yeah. they supported them. You need yeah. support. I mean, that's part of what I love about college football. Yeah, <laughs> is that you you can support it things mm-hmm. like that, and um, 
you know, everyone who's at the university uh, really is there because they want to be. And that's um, kind of what separates college from professional yeah. to me is, you know, uh, I, nothing against professional sports, obviously, but when you root for a team, you're just going to root for a player who went there because that's who offered him the most money, mm. period, uh, with a few exceptions. But when you watch college sports, it's someone who sees what you see about that same place and is playing for it, yeah. um, you know, and themselves as well. But More than a few Kansas State players went to the NFL. Sure. Can you talk about that? Well, I know we have a draft streak of you know, 20-something years where uh, a K-State player has been drafted, uh, which I think we now lead the Big 12 because uh, Texas missed a year, and then OU might have missed a year in there somewhere where they didn't have a player drafted. So um, don't quote me on that. We're either first or second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we consistently churn out talent. Um, and, and, you know, I've, the stories are that when you, you know, from – Coaches like Pete Carroll at you know Seattle is uh, you know if it's down to two guys they'll take a guy from K State just because they know it'll be a high character guy. Um, so you know if you got two guys that are you know equal in terms of athletic ability, you might as well take the guy that's you know got his head on straight. Yeah, I remember when uh, Andre Coleman uh, he was playing with San Diego mm -hmm. and returned the. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. that was amazing. That's a, that, yeah, that's a big moment. But it was amazing because I'm like, oh my god, I know that guy. I <laughs> went to social studies with him. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, well, yeah, and it is amazing. You know how they they can just take pretty ordinary people, um, for lack of a better term, and have those guys become an NFL right. even pro bowler. I mean, I remember I was there at the same time as Jordy. And I was playing in some like sorority softball game, and uh, you know Jordy was in it. And I remember like he had someone hit a home run, and he just jumped over the fence like a deer. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Who in the world is that guy?" And just like, um, and, and someone's like, "Ah, it's Jordy Nelson. He's on the football team. Like, ah, whatever." Um, he just looked like an ordinary dude who happened to have pretty insane jumping ability but you know 10 years later is like playing in the super bowl as well it's like what that guy's from riley county kansas right. like, you know what i mean like yeah. no one wanted jordy nelson he had no other offers but k-state was like hey you can walk on and right. gray shirt so uh it's pretty amazing yeah there were superstars right yeah on the campus yeah um and, you know you do recognize a lot of them but they're they're approachable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right because they're sitting next to you in class yeah. right uh, this is espn la i'm speaking with dan youngman director and creator of miracle in manhattan and you can see it at miracleinmanhattan.com and bill snyder he went on to being coach of the year mm -hmm. uh highlighted in espn from going from you can't do this bill to him like telling well he didn't tell off reporters but backing his his players to like if my players are doing something well you need to recognize that well i'm putting a little emphasis he doesn't do that he he's pretty fired up in it um yeah he had actually won you know big 12 coach of the or excuse me big eight coach of the year with a losing record 
um, just because they were so bad before that in 90 they went 5-6. And, and then, like, yeah. just going 5-6 and six at K-State is worthy of being Big 8 Coach of the Year. Uh, and there is, a you know, some clips that uh, really resonated with people um, where, you know, reporters are still, you know, in 90, chalking up a lot of the wins is just kind of, you know, easier, easier scheduling and luck. Um, and he, he really does defend his players. Like, listen, like, you know, if these are, if these kids, if they are bad kids and don't go to class and these type of things, then go ahead and, you know, rip their heads off as he says. Um, but if not, you know, pay them the respect they're due. Um, so there was, they, they had to, they had to fight the narrative essentially. Um, and as Mitch Holt, I thought this was a really cool quote was Mitch Holt hiss. The reason really is, is because if you made fun of K state for so long, for a hundred years, you've been calling them the worst and now they're good. In order to call them good, you have to admit that you were wrong. Um, so the whole psychology of that was interesting. Getting people just to admit that they're, they're, they're wrong about K state. They actually are good. Um, that's a hard thing to do. So, well, being a sports writer, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Okay, well, they were bad back then, but, right. you know. Uh, and then, you know, the article that we were talking about uh, in Sports Illustrated, they had to do another article. and They came back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was agreed upon. So actually Snyder said, you know, you know if, you, if you're coming here in 89 to write an article – Promise me that when we're good, you'll come back. Uh, and he did. The, the writer at Sports Illustrated's name is Douglas Looney. Uh, and so, yeah, he did came. He did come back, um, and he profiled, uh, which was interesting. He called Bill a charismatic coach, which he is, yeah. but that's just not how people – that wouldn't be the first word, I think, that comes to mind when describing Bill Snyder as right. charismatic. But um, <laughs> he said, you know, he, he, he tells a story of how a charismatic coach – uh, not only resurrected the football program, but the entire university itself. He did. Uh, so, I remember getting an email from him. A couple, well, you know, the alumni. Do, mm. do you get those emails? I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Bill Snyder's emailing me? <laughs> what? Why? Yeah, that was. Not, I thought yeah. that was a little bit funny, but <laughs> um, yeah. So, what do you see for uh, Kansas State coming up? Yeah, I think it'd be a good year. I, I'm trying to keep my expectations down a little bit because I fully bought in last year. We had the returning quarterback, the favorable schedule, uh, a lot of things in place. Um, and it still was a great year, don't get me wrong. Um, uh, I just I thought we would win at Vanderbilt, and we should have. This is getting a little specific if you're not a K-State fan. Uh, we should have won that game. By should, I mean there were some bad calls. Um, <laughs> so this year, we ha- this year, again, we have a couple of returning quarterbacks um, and a lot of the same players. Um, we don't have quite as easy of a schedule in terms of in terms of our home and away. Um, so I think in I think this year will be great. And what's amazing too is that in 2019 we'll have uh, essentially the exact same team again with that more experience and that favorable home and away mm-hmm. where we have Oklahoma in Manhattan. Uh, TCU in Manhattan. Um, so, yeah, a 
miracle in Manhattan. It is. It's not over yet. It's still going. uh, Okay, Dan, tell us again, how can we find out more about Miracle in Manhattan and uh, take part? Thank you. Yeah, um, so MiracleManhattan.com is where you can go and watch it. Uh, It's good. I promise everyone who watches this, if you watch it and you don't like it, I will refund your (laughs) – I will. I will. I will refund it. That's how confident I am. My biggest issue is just getting people to believe me and watch it. Once they watch it, it's money. Everyone likes it. And even if you're not a sports fan, people still like it. I promise I am not lying. MiracleOfManhattan.com. And then if you want to follow along at Twitter and things like that, uh, it's Twitter.com slash Dan Youngman. Youngman spelled like young man. Uh, and that's just my name. So <laughs> please check it out. If you like it, tell your friends. None of your money is going to a corporation. It's going right towards my credit card debt. Um, so I guess technically it's kind of going to Visa. But uh, <laughs> uh, any help is appreciated. So glad you came on to share your story and share Bill Snyder. I mean, I, I, was, I was telling you off air that, you know, I, I think he's fantastic and runs a great program i was in hawaii i was in hawaii in a hot tub and we were just talking about this guy asked me what school i went to i said kansas state he's like oh bill snyder and we started talking about bill snyder and he didn't even go to kansas state and he was talking about how great bill snyder is i think a lot of people yeah do that yeah and thank you for having me on um but yeah i mean bill snyder there's really not many people in the world, I guess there's not really anyone who you can actually know at the end of the day as a good person, mm-hmm. uh, like yourself included. But mm-hmm. Bill Snyder is one of those unbelievably few people that you can you can bank on. Yes. He's just a good man. Yes. And uh, that's about as guaranteed as, as you can get, you know. In the world with with that, so yeah. um, I didn't say that very well, but no, <laughs> hopefully people it. understand. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, it is. Well, thanks again, Mr. Dan Youngman, director and creator of Miracle in Manhattan, and again, MiracleInManhattan dot com for more information. And go cats, go cats. This is ESPN LA. 710. ESPN LA seven ten.